question what if television was bad for you we're definitely the pioneers on that on that front we're definitely beating cracked circa 2004 to that punch no one has ever looked into this before yeah (laughs) bold Uh, trailblazers i'm one of your hosts i'm marty schneider i'm that other host dan ludwig and uh Dan and I are back, and if you've never listened to the show before, we explore old television, particularly the Andy Griffith show, to see what lessons it taught your grandparents that made everybody, like, messed up. How it's the precursor to Fox News. But we don't just do, we don't just do the Andy Griffith show, and it's a little unfair for us to always, always pick on shows that came out 50 years ago. Yeah. So... Uh, this episode we might do something a little different. We're gonna po- we're going to also poke into a modern television show as sort of a comparison point. But before we get into any of that, yeah, Dan, you told me you have a weird story. Oh no, don't build it up that much. It was just like how my weekend was. Like it's we found coke in a bar. Go on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yesterday I had a pretty good day. We went to a hike in a. Uh, Burns State Park in uh, in New Jersey, which uh, I really God bless the people of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. You guys are doing the best you can with Flatland. Uh, <laughs> we we went to a park whose central attraction was bog and also pond. Yeah, uh, we we're in a swamp ass city. Like we we spent a long time. We thought a bog was like a cool swamp that had cranberries in it, uh, and then we walked around for like. 30 minutes looking for this fucking bog and then we like looked up a bog and it was just like a bunch of fucking mud it's a bunch of mud cranberry bogs the way that you think of them are not naturally occurring no no cranberry bogs like you've seen the ocean spray commercials yeah they flood the field to make the cranberries rise to the top god damn it and that's how they harvest them so that shit is not naturally occurring so in the ads those dudes are up to their waists yeah yeah that's because that's because they made that yeah they flooded those fields so that the cranberries that they've grown in the mud rise up to the top we were talking about this shit and i was like i'm gonna just be like scooping up some cranberries just like just reaching into a bog maybe i'll like see some crazy bog creatures and then the dictionary frogs or turtles yeah i don't know like maybe there'll be a witch i don't know it's a bog sure uh and then the bog is just like mud that's kind of hard to walk through yeah uh and we we walked through that shit like three times looking for a body of water um so yeah, it was... that's also why it's a good place to hide a body. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, because you would have to like really do some stomping. We eventually found uh, found like a pond, and I was possessed by the overwhelming sh- like certainty that I was about to see a dead body. Like there was like a little one of those like little banks along the the pond that's like kind of secluded, but not really. I was like, again, okay, walk along this. I'm about to see a dead businessman, and was was disappointed. No. Yeah, I was disappointed. You were disappointed you didn't find a dead businessman. When am I this going- This could have become a true crime podcast very quickly. I know. When am I going to get to be the fir- the character in the first scene of a Law & Order episode? 
we all get our turn, right? We we're all, all going to get in that Tommy Westfall universe eventually. Eventually, we all get to talk to an old cop and a young cop about the thing we saw. And I want to be the person in the first scene that was jogging and not the guy that's unloading boxes from a truck. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, like, whether you have a don't talk to cops policy or not, I feel like when you find a body in a pond, that policy goes out the window. Oh. You gotta go talk to a cop. Yeah, well, yeah, you're in the, the, the pond body person never did it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that would be a fucking crazy episode of Law and Order if it was like, it was the jogger who did it. So we we did that. So you bailed. You yeah. bailed on the bog. We 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 did a fair amount of hiking, mostly because we got lost. I had a so glad I didn't go on this trip. Yeah, uh, we were walking home along the side of the road, and I at first I like saw a beer can, and I was like, "Huh, I respect nature. I'm gonna pick up that beer can." And then there was another beer can, and I picked up that beer can. After like about ten minutes, I was holding like seven beer cans, and found out that it was a half mile walk to get back to a place where I could throw them away. So then I got to do that very fun, impotent thing of just, like, putting them in the middle of the road and saying, well, they're less in nature now, uh, and then walking away. And then after that, we went to Flying Fish, uh, Fish Brewery, which, uh, delicious beer, no food, which was less than ideal after a hike. This is not important to anything. Um, and then during a game of cornhole, uh, which actually had an advertisement for their professional cornhole league. Uh, which plays on Thursdays and uh, Mondays. We found a small bag of Coke. Nice. Which is extremely, it was basically the most brewery brewery I've ever seen because it had no fucking food. It had a professional cornhole league and a small amount of Coke next to that cornhole league. I've found like street Coke like before. If you live in Philadelphia, finding street Coke is just like finding woods porn as a kid. You know, you just encounter it at some point. I've never found street coke. Oh, I found street coke outside of a Brazilian steakhouse one time. Who, who is leaving little bags of, uh, you, the great thing is there was a guy that was getting really fucking into a game of cornhole. <laughs> just like, just tossing those beanbags and be like, yes, fuck yeah, take that shit, that was two points. Like, you wish you could have that kind of accuracy. Uh, and then went to go to the bathroom on his way out and was like. Just patting himself down. Where the fuck is it? Yeah, yep. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that, that's what happens. Like, a lot of, just, people just, who are in, like, breweries or, like, somewhat, somewhat middle-class restaurants, which is what, like, a Brazilian steakhouse is, you know, yeah. they just, uh, they don't, they have got, like, weak pockets, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, but cornhole is a very acrobatic sport. You're sure, making a lot sure. of moves. You gotta, you know, and if you don't have a, a clap, a clip on that baggie, man, you're gonna lose it. It's yeah. a small baggie. If it's in your shirt pocket, that thing's popping out. Oh, don't put it in your shirt pocket. Yeah, but yeah, like responsible adults, we threw the coke in the trash. You fucking nerd. <laughs> Leave that out. Wait, no, should we? I have a job. We, we didn't actually take the coke. Which probably should be clearly mentioned for one of my current employers finds out that I have a podcast. Sure, to be clear, yeah, Dan did not do the coke that he found on the floor. I didn't um, do floor coke, no. Uh, I did not do the street coke that I found outside of the Brazilian Steakhouse either, although my friend did kind of, like, lick his finger and rub it on his teeth to get, like, this slight tingle. If I, I'm not a coke person, but if I was a coke person, I would be terrified of getting Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you don't want to fucking street coke that shit, like... I'll tell you one thing. We when we moved to this apartment that we're in right now, yeah. that you and I are recording in right now. This is in kind of a bougie neighborhood. I was upset by how bougie it was. Mm-hmm. And about within the first week of us being here, I was standing outside my house 
and I looked down on the ground, and I saw a small little baggie that's mm-hmm. the size of a, a dime bag. Yeah. And I kind of chuckled to myself, like, all right, okay, yeah. maybe this place isn't as uh, white bread as I thought it was. And I reached out to pick it up, thinking that I had found, once again, street coke. Yeah. And picked it up, and it was a fucking Ethernet port plug ah. that was just there. And I got so mad. <laughs> I got way madder than anybody should be that they didn't just find drugs on their street. I didn't want there to be drugs. I am also not a coke person. But I just wanted some indication that maybe I didn't just move into the most bougie-ass neighborhood in the city. And I got ex- conf- confirmation of exactly the opposite. I feel like you're in the most coke area ever. We can't, we probably shouldn't like dox you by saying your neighborhood. But like... I, I live in a fairly wealthy neighborhood yeah yeah um i live in a fairly wealthy neighborhood but it's also like a lot of families yeah live in this neighborhood uh so i feel like this is a lot of people who probably used to do coke yeah and this... then moved to this place to clean up i feel like this is yeah this is not it i was gonna be like you're in the area of the people who like are in that sweet spot to do coke like they're they're not like quite that no dude that's old. fishtown oh, that's yeah. fishtown fishtown is where i don't live in coke. i don't live there fishtown is where you get a lot of, of that yeah right? everyone in fishtown is on coke we're gonna draw that generalization absolutely yeah <laughs> this is real fucking fascinating shit for any listener who isn't in philadelphia yeah let's get into this fucking episode let's get into this fucking very weird episode of television <laughs> this very deeply strange episode of tv okay so we are talking about um today season three episode six barney mends a broken heart uh, originally airs November 5th, 1962, directed or written by somebody new, Aaron Rubin. Aaron uh, I Rubin. looked up Aaron Rubin. There's nothing interesting about Aaron Rubin. No interesting death or anything. He worked on this. He yeah. worked on uh, Gomer Pyle. And he worked on a few episodes of Sanford and Son. That's mm-hmm. it. And directed by, all right, so we're at Molly Malloy's tavern, right? <laughs> and somebody orders a club sandwich. And this crazy son of a bitch, he looks at that sandwich that they get and he goes, I can make a better fucking sandwich than that. Right? And the bartender, Missy, she's like, you can't make a fucking better sandwich than that. And this great son of a bitch is like, I can make a better fucking sandwich than that. And he jumps over the bar and he goes into the fucking kitchen, right? And he starts toasting up the bread. He fucking fries an egg like a crazy-ass madman, right? He takes the fucking bologna. He fries the fucking bologna, all right? And he makes this crazy sandwich. He's putting fucking, like, what they call endives on there? <laughs> fucking crazy shit. He's got these pickled eggs and shit that he chops up, right? And he makes this messy-ass fucking sandwich. And he puts it in front of my face. And he says, try it. And I go, I don't want to fucking try it. And he goes, try it. And I go, I don't want to fucking try it. So I tried it. And Daniel, Daniel, let me tell you, it was the most delicious goddamn thing I've ever tried in my whole fucking life. And now they have it on the fucking menu at Molly Malloy's. It's called the Bob Sweeney. (laughs) That man, Jonathan Quiznos. Bob Sweeney. Was that a Boston accent? Uh, kinda, yeah. That was a solid Boston <laughs> accent. Uh, was, uh, so I should have gone first, because mine is just red herring character in an Agatha Christie novel, Bob Sweeney. I should have gone first. You gotta tell me when you're gonna do a big one. <laughs> So yeah, directed by Bob Sweeney. And here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. After Andy and Peggy have a fight, Barney tries to fix Andy up with other girls who are a poor match, including the eccentric Lydia Crothwaith. First episode with The Fun Girls. There's multiple episodes with these The chicks? Fun Girls are a recurring character. Oh, hell yes! Yeah. 
I fucking loved the fun girls. Uh, apparently Lydia Crosswaite is also a uh, recurring character. So the two, like, dates that Andy goes on in this episode, we see these characters oh, again. Oh, we're finally rounding out the cast of this show beyond three dudes. Yeah, yeah. One thing we wanted to talk about here. So this is... An episode, this is a rebound episode, essentially. Yeah. Although there's not actually a breakup that happens here. This is an episode where Andy is upset uh, over a relationship thing, and Barney tries to wingman for him. Barney tries to help him get over this heartbreak by taking him out and trying to hook him up with somebody else. It's a, it's a rebound Odyssey show episode, which yeah. I think is an extremely, I, I think this is, the reason we want to talk about it is this is a, Probably a very influential episode of TV. It's it's funny that we talk about the Andy Griffith show all the time and don't talk about like its direct influence on mm. basically every sitcom you've ever seen in your yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, and this trope, this tr- this like wingman getting over it kind of trope, is so common. This may have been an, an origin, or at least mm. one of the original examples. Um, so, and I, we start, I started asking people, like, what other examples they can come up with, and most everyone said, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like, half the episodes of How I Met Your Mother are, in, are, are this. Uh, we watched a very specific episode. Yeah. That we'll, br- I think we're just going to weave into this conversation a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to really go beat by beat, but we're talking, also talking about season three, episode one of How I Met Your Mother, which is called Wait For It. Yeah. Uh, and that episode is about Ted Mosby, our character, who has met a mother in the future. Uh, but at this point, he's been broken up with by his girlfriend, Robin. Uh, it's been a couple months after. She shows up with a hot new boyfriend, played by Enrique Iglesias. And then he goes out on the rebound with his own Barney. Yeah. Uh, and he meets his own fun girls. Yeah. Played by Mandy Moore. Yeah. So, uh, we'll kind of draw those comparison points. This is still a podcast about the Andy Griffith show. I just want to compare it every once in a while to a show that it almost definitely directly influenced. Yeah, because this basically, like, this is a genre of TV episode where, like, a character is either broken up with or has a fight or has some form of of, of, of sort of hurt pride. Yeah. And they go out on a night with, like, uh, a wingman and they try to find a new person and it goes wildly off the rails. Yeah, it's a it's a tro- it's a common trope. And this basically like I think we'd submit originated it. Yeah, uh, yeah, one of the originals if not the original. Yeah. So, yeah, so here we have Barney Man's a broken heart and it starts off uh with Andy going to Peggy's cuz they're on a date. We got wool suit Andy. Yeah, he's going to hang out with his new awesome girlfriend Peggy. His, uh, his girlfriend peggy who he definitely hangs out with all the time and actually enjoys being around oh yeah his girlfriend peggy who makes him happy who we've seen him enjoy the company of numerous times because they have so many similarities as people and they have shared interests and aren't just dating because they're two single people in a very small town yeah they're these two people actually care about each other and we'll definitely see peggy ever again you know like i i when peggy leaves i don't know what we're going to do for all the warmth and and just general chemistry she really brings a lot to the show i don't know if our sarcasm is coming thick we enough we hate for, this fucking character i hate this character so much might be one of the worst love interests I've ever seen, and we're we just start we just watch some of How I Met Your Mother, yeah, which has yeah. some top five horrible love interests. Yes, very true, very true. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she sucks. She like she's coming to her end. The yeah. next time we see Peggy is gonna be the last time we see. Boom! Peggy. Hell yeah! Uh, 
I'm going to, before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and watch all the other Peggy episodes with a stopwatch to see how much screen time this relationship actually takes up. I'm guessing it's going to be under 16 minutes. It's really, she's only, she shows up to make Andy unhappy, and then the rest of the episode is Andy being unhappy. And then at the very end, she swoops in and she's like, we're happy! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Peggy is not going to play a very big role in this. Don't get too attached to Peggy. But he shows up at Peggy's house because they're going out for a date. Uh, and he knocks on the door and some dude who's eating a fucking sandwich shows up and answers. Yeah, and he's not like, hey, I bet you're curious who I am. He's just like, sup, man? How's it going? This is a really good sandwich. I'm fucking loving this sandwich. God, what is that? Paprika? Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, he's just mowing down on this. I don't care what your name is. Mmm, the sandwich! Yeah, so, like, let's be clear here. This dude is definitely doing some dick swinging, right? Like, this yeah. dude shows up, he's just like, what's up? Hey, I'm probably gonna fuck your girlfriend later. Okay, yeah, so... Or I just did, you know? Yeah, no, alright. If, like, this is sort of a little bit framed as, like, him overreacting and just kind of being a jealous dude... If I rolled up to the, uh, to the home of someone that, not just, like, a, like my girlfriend or a girl I was dating, a, basically a date. Like, yeah. if I rolled up to a second date and there was a dude eating a sandwich and this situation happened, I'd be like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is apparently Dawn. He was, uh, an old classmate of Peggy's. They went to college together. They specifically frame it as... We shared a chemistry table together. We had chemistry yeah. together. We 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 shared a table and another thing or two, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if it was just like, oh, yeah, we went to school together, but, like, we shared stuff. Yeah. Like, bodily fluids. Yeah, but she's basically just like, Don was a really close friend and helped me out. We were really close in college. And, specifically, he was the smartest person in our college. You know, that thing that you're definitely, like, insecure about, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, this guy's way better than... Yeah. Like, he's way better at that thing than you are. Yeah, and and she specifically says, like, he just dropped in out of town with no warning whatsoever, just showed up on my doorstep and said he needed a place to crash. How crazy is that? I will say it's very funny that he's a pharmacist, specifically. Yeah. Because Andy has history with pharmacists. Yeah. Andy's ex-girlfriend... Was a pharmacist. And and even though we don't mention her, it does feel like he has just some animosity towards pharmacists in general. Yeah, because he's in town for a pharmacist convention. No, he's on his way. He, like, It's not like there's a pharmacist convention. In oh, it's Mi in Miami. Yeah, he's on his way like in to Miami. So he stops in North Carolina? He, he added an extra day to his trip so that he could stop in on his ex-girlfriend's place. Yes. Um, so... He, but specifically Andy says, like, well, he's a pharmacist. Why doesn't he go down to the pharmacy and serve up milkshakes to people? Which, like, overt aggression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially like, for this show. And, and so Andy has a thing about pharmacists yeah. and, and their profession in general. Like, he, he had his heart broken by a pharmacist once. Uh, but yeah, Andy's just like, so what's going on? I thought we had a date. Yeah. And she's like, well, we did have a date, but you can't expect me to just tell Don to fuck off right you and super like, can yes i can yeah. i absolutely can i definitely can do this you can definitely be like hey don hang out or another option would be just like hey don do you want to come get dinner with us or hey don here's the number of the mayberry motel yeah like jason runs it he's a great dude and a youth pastor i mean okay so if he was just like he might talk to you about the lord a little bit but it's okay 
It's okay. Just yeah. challenge him to one-on-one basketball. Exactly. He's <laughs> going to keep turning chairs around on you, and he he's wearing pretty aggressively covered co- colored Converse sneakers. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to have to power through it. He might have Jinkos on. You know? Yeah. Been a while since we brought up Jason, <laughs> and I wanted to slide that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who else wanted to slide one in? Don. Uh, <laughs> case in point, if he was just like a friend that was visiting from out of town, there would not be any hesitation of like, hey, Jason, you want to just come out grab dinner with us? It won't be weird because we've never fucked. Yeah. But instead, she's like, I can't have Don come out with us. We have sexual history together, and that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So so Andy has every right to be upset here. They Ooh, act 100. like Andy's being irrational. No, yeah. Andy's being, like, he handles it pretty well. He's He's kind of a dick. He's like, okay, fine. Go yeah. deal with this guy. Go feed this guy, I, I guess. I don't know why. And again, I'm putting myself in Andy's shoes on this. The fact that he's eating a sandwich makes it worse. And not only is he eating a sandwich, because, like, making a sandwich is a pretty intimate act. Like, yes. let's be honest here. Yeah. Like, it's basically saying, like, hey, here's all the stuff I know you love in between two slices of bread. Yeah. That are gluten-free or whatever, because I know that you need that. And also, there's, like, the added rudeness that he does not stop eating at any point in all of this. Yeah. Like, in fact, he goes back to the kitchen, and he's like, I'm so hungry, what else we fucking got here? I'm gonna go eat the other half of this sandwich. And then he, like, he's just rolling in and out of the scene, just eating constantly. He doesn't stop eating to he's say like, hi. He's like Brad Pitt in the Oceans movies. Yeah. Like, he's always eating something. He's, like, he, he's not like, oh... You're my friend's boyfriend. I'm going to put down this sandwich and shake your hand. He's just like, I can't shake your hand. This sandwich is so good. Just disrespecting Andy. Oh, Oh, was there prosciutto on this? God! (laughs) Andy has every (laughs) fucking right to be pissed off about this. Um, And so Andy says, yeah, go feed your hungry buzzard. And he storms off. That's if not a breakup. That's like a hard fucking fight you want to compare this to the uh the the guy that shows up in how i met your mother real quick uh okay yeah so, so yeah in, in how i met your mother uh, in this episode months after a the that's one comparison point is like this couple has actually broken up yeah ted has broken up with robin months ago and she went off somewhere and she comes she went off to argentina i just want to do a quick thing if uh you haven't seen how i met your mother yes you have everyone's seen how i met your mother you do know what we're talking about even if you didn't watch how i met your mother you have seen how i met your mother it's definitely like embedded through cultural osmosis yeah in this. ted robin barney uh barney lily and marshall you can picture all of them you, perfectly you in your know mind's them eye. you know them you, you know these people yeah they've imprint you've been like it's kind of like you know how animals have like uh, inherent like memories and ideas that are implanted in their heads so that they don't die. You have those characters implanted in your head. Anyway, if you've never seen How I Met Your Mother, it's a very weird show about a man telling his children how many women he's fucked. Yeah. Um, so, in this particular episode, uh, Ted Mosby, our main character, uh, meets his ex-girlfriend Robin's new fling she went to argentina she met a guy she brought the guy back the guy is played by enrique iglesias there's a mildly racist moment where all of the white people in this episode have trouble pronouncing his name and gael yeah his name is gael like he's a kryptonian yeah Uh, and (laughs) wait you just did the thing you just did the making fun of the latino guy's name i did okay immediately (laughs) i did i did the racist thing you're correct you're correct Um, it's just it's just the white people racist about names gene this activated you're correct um but no yeah there's, there's a bit about 
uh, them not being able to get his name right uh, and how it sounds like Gale. Yeah. Uh, and that goes on way too long. Anyway, she comes in with this super sexy new dude, Enrique Iglesias. He, like, emasculates Ted at every opportunity uh, at their bar. Not, not so, intentionally, because it's just like this dude just rolls in and is sexy. Yeah. And it horribly emasculates uh, the main character. Yes. Which is kind of like... A break. This is a. They're both kind of breakup episodes, but they're not about breakups. Andy doesn't break up, and Ted doesn't break up. It's it's his ex yeah. just shows up with a new dude. But they're both about there being a guy who deeply emasculates you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this is what happens. Uh, Ted at this point says, "Oh shit, my ex has a new hookup. I'm ready to get back out there now." Yeah. There's a big buildup. So that's the key difference in this is that. Ted automat Ted chooses to go out. Yeah. And he does not choose this. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically basically the c- point of comparison right now. Let's go back to the- let's go back to Mayberry. Okay. We are uh, May- we are fucking trucking through this shit. All right. So back in Mayberry, um they uh, go to the jail and Andy is still in his suit. He says hey to Barney. And he's being kind of short and, t- and testy with it. Yeah. And Barney's like, "What are you doing here, man? Didn't you you had a date, right? Yeah. Like were you going to have a date. Andy won't admit that things went poorly. He's just like, yeah, the date's over. He's he's coming in to get a magazine, which, what? Yeah. Uh, he's, like, going all the way to work to get, like, a magazine? Just read a book. Uh, or do another thing. His cover story is that he's going to, he, he left a magazine at work. He's going to grab that magazine, and he's going to go home and read this magazine and have a quiet evening by himself. Yeah. Uh, which I think is pretty much just like, I didn't fucking know what to do, man. I didn't want to go straight home. Yeah. Uh, but then I came here and your annoying ass was here, so I guess I uh, I wanted a magazine. Bye! Yeah, because I think his move was when he goes home eventually, they're just like, you got fucking stood up for your date. And he was like, if I go to the jail to pick up a magazine, that adds time before I go home. So I can just say that it was a short-ass date, and then he gets there and he's like, oh, fuck, Barney's here. Right, and Barney being a true-ass bro. Yeah. Right. Barney's just like, okay, so clearly something went on. You want to talk about it? Talk to me about it. Yeah. Come here, cry on my shoulder. Uh, so it is, Barney's behavior in this, uh, in this scene, not this episode, his behavior in this scene would cause me to kill someone. Uh, but his behavior, no, sorry, his behavior in this episode would cause me to kill someone. His behavior in this scene is pretty great. Yeah, in this scene, he's just like, I'm your friend, please talk to me. I know yeah. you don't want to let your emotions show. Yeah. But you should. It's, yeah. And the the gag here is just that he mispronounces a word. Yeah. He says it's therapeutic. Yeah. He says therapeutic instead of therapeutic. And the laugh track finds this fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the script finds this fucking hilarious because he does it three or four more times. Uh, but really, like, he's just being like... You you're, don't bottle up your emotions. Yeah, he says, don't bottle it up. Talk to me. I'm here. I'm your friend. Yeah, he specifically says... uh you got all that anger and hatred boiling inside of you, and you need to, you gotta talk to let it out. Which is, I feel like a little bit of, so I think his cardinal sin in this is like, kind of doing a little bit of overkill, because he's not like- Oh, do you think? Yeah, he's not like, hey man, you had like, kind of a bad night, and it's good to talk about it. He's like, you have been destroyed as a human and a man, and there is rage and hate boiling inside of you, and you need to cry like a child to let it out. I mean, that's Barney. That's Barney's whole thing, right? Yeah. Is that everything is always cranked up to eleven yeah. for Barney? Sure. Um, um, but yeah, his overall thing is—he's right. Andy yeah. is completely in denial about what happened, and talking about it would make him feel better. Or really, just okay. Your night didn't go well. Why don't you hang out with your best friend? 
instead of going home to brood about it. Yeah. Like. Uh, but even if he did say what happened, everyone yeah. would be like, hey, man, break up with Peggy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. To be clear, Barney takes from this, like. Peggy the, dumped him. Yeah. Barney says, oh, shit, they must be done now. Hmm. And he has every right to think this. Yeah. Given Andy's behavior. Yeah. If you, if, like, I, like, came home from a thing and I was, like, this pissed, one of my roommates would be like, he got dumped. Yeah. No, it, it's a very rational assumption. Yeah. Always weird when we're on Barney's side. But don't worry, that's gonna change. Oh, yeah. Barney's like, I'm not, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not here, I don't, not here to brood. I just want to take this magazine and go home. Barney's like, okay, pal, I'm here for you. And then this is where he, he oversteps his bounds. Yeah. He gets on the phone. He calls Thelma Lou. He's like, hey, they're done. We got to fucking help here. Yeah. We got to do this. Um, yeah, this is the exact moment where the worm kind of turns and he becomes a fucking psychopath. Right. Because he, he put it out there and Andy kind of curtly but respectfully declined. Everything would have probably been fine. And then actually have a fucking incredible scene it is incredible in a couple of levels this next scene rules it's so great so andy goes home and obi is playing jacks in his living uh in the living room like i guess you know like kids back then could yeah um you know like you would do as a kid be amused by the dumbest shit yeah um uh and andy comes in and obi asks about the date uh, yeah, your your seven year old child is just like, hey, did you have a date tonight? Yeah, and and Andy come does not have a good explanation. Yeah, uh, and then Opie, not that he owes his seven year old child an explanation about anything. I think Opie's just trying to make conversation. Yeah, it's man, just kind of talk like, to your son every once in a while. Yeah, Opie's just like he's <laughs> pretty casual. But he's like, hey, didn't you have a date, man? What's going on? Like he's his roommate. <laughs> uh, and then Andy's like, oh yeah, it um, it just kind of ended early. And then Opie goes in. Opie is <laughs> all about this shit. Opie sets up the ass kicking store just right next to Andy's sense of self and masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's just like, so I, you got stood up, huh? Yeah. And. Andy's like, what? How the hell do you know what that is? Yeah. Obi's like, yeah. Some kid at school told me if you've got a date and the girl doesn't show up to meet you for the date, you got stood up. Yeah. And Andy's like, well, that's not what happened. So <laughs> suck it, small child, <laughs> yeah. you stupid idiot. She's like, like, uh, let me let me do my counterpoint to that. Shut up. Yeah. No. You tell Daryl, the kid who told you that, that he's a liar. So Aunt B comes in. And Ampy's like, yo, what the fuck? Ampy just basically comes in and be like, can I get in on this action? (laughs) Let's be clear here. Literally everybody in Andy's life has shown up to ask him what the fuck is going on. Like, uh, I'm I'm surprised that, like, Floyd the barber didn't knock on the door. Oh, hello, Andy. You're not supposed to be here. Did you get stood up? Just banging on the guy's like, didn't you have a date tonight? (laughs) Just, what was he doing during this day? Was he, like, just walking around town like, I have a date tonight? (laughs) Just, like, have, like, just, like, walk down the streets trying to get his guitar. Like, guess who's having, who has a date? Yeah. With go my girlfriend that I've been dating for quite a while now. Yeah. Like, We're gonna go get soup. That's the kind of shit you do in a dry county. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Andy sends Opie to bed and then Aunt B's like, okay, so you got stood up, right? It's okay if you got <laughs> if you got your nut cuts off and Aunt B's here. It's totally fine. Uh, yeah, so Aunt B goes to bed. All of their consolation is wildly condescending. It would make me feel really bad, like... 
Like, all of it is really, like, hey, it's okay that you got absolutely scorched earth dumped by this chick. No one blames you or thinks that you suck because of it. <laughs> uh, so, Aunt B goes to bed, and then the doorbell rings. Yeah. And there's Barney. And there's Barney, who's just like, uh, hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm in a suit for some reason. Um, just want to know, hey, you doing okay? Were you crying? Okay, so here's what's going on. Uh, I'm here with Thumbaloo and this woman that you've never met somehow. Yeah. Just completely random thing. We were just going and we were like, hey, this girl whose name is Lydia. Yeah. Uh, you want to play some bridge? Uh, we the fourth person to play bridge. Fuck it, let's go over to Andy's house. And Andy's like, I don't know how to play bridge. Well, and guess what? Lydia doesn't know how to play bridge either. Hey, weird. Uh, enter probably one of the weirdest characters in Andy Griffith's show history. I love this. Delighted me. She's so her name is Lydia, and they just march her. Well, no, they have to hand truck her in because she's not able to move her legs. Uh, she's so stiff. And then they they wind up the crank on her back, and she says, "Hello, my name is Lydia," because uh, she is a fucking robot woman. Uh, it's so great. <laughs> they basically, she's like that one episode of the Twilight Zone where they give that guy a robot wife because he's stranded on Mars. Like, like she is, I'm barely exaggerating. She is a Twilight Zone robot woman. So weird. Yeah. So she comes in, she's just, hello, my name is Lydia and I am here to converse with you, Andy Griffith. But we, I want to be very clear here. Lydia is not into anything. Lydia is, well, I don't think she's, like, unhappy to be here. I don't think she's experienced an emotion since he was, like, ten. Yeah, Lydia's just, like, stone-faced the entire time and just delivers everything plain and simple. Like, every attempt that Barney makes to, like, make a connection. Like, for example, uh, he's just like, boy, you and Barney, you and Andy have a lot in common, right? Uh, Lydia loves the outdoors and Lydia's just like... I hate the outdoors. What's when your... I walk into the sun, the sun gives me the herpes. It's <laughs> so great. Uh, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she was like, "She get she has herpes," and I was like, "Not like <laughs> that's not that's not how herpes works." Yeah, which I don't like. It's like herpes, how like chicken pox are herpes. I mean, right? I I think at some point, like herpes was just like a general term for a rash. Yeah, yeah. Her first line is uh. Lydia means from the Greek island of Lydia. I am not from Greece. I am from Raleigh or whatever the fuck she's from. And and then Barney's like, well, she loves the guitar, too. And she goes, I hate the guitar. I like the saxophone and the clarinet, but I do not care for the guitar. She's like a character in a logic puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) Lydia hates the guitar. (laughs) Paul likes the clarinet. (laughs) She's like a character in like a Newgrounds dating sim. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> you just you, press okay. Them. You are you are you are walking to a river with a chicken, a bag of feed, and Lydia. <laughs> the boat can only hold two things, two of you at once. You you drag the guitar over to Lydia, and she's like, "I do not care for the guitar." <laughs> she's like in an adventure your, game. Your score with Lydia has gone down. <laughs> she's the best. She's the best character because she's not real. It's like. 
the least real character that this, like, has ever... Because all the characters have been boring as shit so far because they've been, like, some vague approximation of a real human being. And it's like, hey, just want to do a cartoon character yeah, real fast. It's, it's very funny that, like, most of the people that have come through have been square-jawed white guys. Yeah. That all sound like this and are just very robotic. But when they make it, like... A robotic white woman. It's yeah. funny as hell. Yeah. It's so good. Well, they always have to do like, hi, I'm Steve, <coughs> and I have one extremely small quirk. I make too much eye contact. But other than that, totally normal guy. No. Totally. And you're going to get an entire episode out of that eye contact thing. Uh, Like, oh, I'm, I'm Jeff. I shake hands too long. Guess what you're getting an episode out of? And just like, oh, hey, I'm Lydia. I have one scene, and I'm a fucking... Like, I'm from a different show. It is to the point where she does not sit down on the couch, Marty. Yeah. Barney picks her up, places her on the couch. It's so weird. I want to point out that I am looking at... I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for the actress that plays Lydia. Her name is Josie Lloyd. No weird tragic death. She's still alive. Yeah. Um... Her Wikipedia is in two sections. One is just career on television, which is about probably about 500 words. And the next section, which is about twice as long, is just Josie Lloyd playing Lydia Crothwaite. I think she's what turns out to be a hugely influential character. Yeah, so she's like, we'll see her. She's only in four episodes, but these four episodes are apparently enough to fill up a Oh, half a fucking art- Wikipedia article. Do you know what the pro- the last episode is? Is the spell wears off and she turns back into a mannequin. Nice. Yeah. Appreciate that one. Yeah. So Andy sends this pointless character away. He's like, okay, get out. <laughs> it's it's great because Andy goes, uh, does like a, like a quick, like, like he does a hand gesture for like, get her the fuck out of my house. And Barney goes over and he grabs Andy's hand from that hand gesture and puts it around Lydia. Yeah. It's so great overstepping. And then, like, it basically gets to the point where Andy's just like, get her out of here. Yeah. Like, seething with He's rage. so bad. Yeah. Uh, which, I get Barney doing this. Like, yeah, it's Barney. Um, what the fuck was Thelma Lou thinking? Did she have no follow-up questions? Like, I, I mean, Barney was pretty much just like, get me a woman, any woman. And Thelma was like, this is the only person I know who will definitely be available at this yeah. time. Like, I have one wildly incompatible woman. Would that work? And Barney's like, I stopped listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Yeah. So he kicks them out, finally. He's something like, he says something like, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I'll never do it again. Yeah. We're so, uh, not we- done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the answer to that, what he did to deserve this is... All of it. Yeah. Just any enabling of Barney's behavior. It's really just like a an incredible parable for enabling a crazy person. So, Barney, we're not done yet, though. Like, Barney isn't done scheming yet. He even says, like, don't worry, I'll get you next time. He goes back to the jail. He calls somebody. Someone named Skippy. <laughs> Skippy, and he met Skippy at the Tip Top Cafe a few weeks ago when he was trying to cheat on his girlfriend. Definitely, yeah. He because he, he specifically says like, "Hey, we met at the Tip Top Cafe. We were talking. You said to hit you up if you if I want a good time sometime. Well, that time is now." So he was definitely like one cruising a cafe looking for people to cheat on his girlfriend with, and two being mildly successful. Yeah, yeah. She was well. Hmm. I'm going to call you on this. All right. So this is a question that I was going to bring up. So mm-hmm. 
Barney calls Skippy. He says, bring your friend Daphne. I think I've got a friend that will like her. And he says, like, you know, you told me to call you if I was looking for something to do for kicks. We should go to the Tip Top Cafe and whatever, meet up again. Dan, mm-hmm. are these women prostitutes? Because it really seems like these women, these fun girls, who we're going to see our main characters, are prostitutes. It really seems like this is Barney, either willingly or unwillingly, calling an escort service. Because these women do appear as as if they are uh are, are call girls we're gonna go through this uh beat by beat because i do have everything they say in the notes there is evidence for and against okay but the way that barney gets andy to go to the uh to go to the tip top cafe is horrific yes because he specifically says like hey you need to leave your house in the middle of the night because i got work i don't know if it's actually the middle of the night i don't know it's been like a couple of hours and Annie's still willing to leave his house, so this date must have been at, like, 3.30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like 8.15 right now. We should also point out how fucking crazy it is that, like, Andy has the bad date at, like, 4, <laughs> and within two hours, Barney is skipped over the point of, like, consolation and is like, let's find you another chick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, already just, like, on it. He's made... He's like, you gotta do this shit tonight. He's pulled two dates out of his ass in, like, less than four hours. Um, amazing fucking efficiency, if nothing else. Yeah. But also, Real- very easy if one of them is a sex worker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, the way he gets Andy to come to the Tip Top Cafe is, he says he's got a reliable tip that they are bootlegging through the Tip Top Cafe, and they have to go there right now to bust it. Which Andy's like, I guess, technically... That is my job and a thing that I have to do as I get the evidence. So I'm horribly sad and frustrated, but yeah, let's go do that. And then he's there for a date, which yeah. again, person would die. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So he's there. They're at the Tip Cop Cafe. They've been there for a half an hour. Yeah. And Andy's like, nothing's happening right now. Yeah. We need to leave. Yeah. Um, enter these two women, right? These two women, the fun girls, uh, who... Daphne and Skippy. Daphne and Skippy. Uh, Daphne, uh, is notably played by the, uh, woman from the camera episode of the Twilight Zone, where they found find the camera that can tell the future. Yeah, Gene uh, Carson. Gene Carson. Yeah, so they come in, and they are immediately skeptical. So that's kind of the, the point where I'm... That's like one, one point not sex workers. Is no. Is that they came in, and they weren't like... Hello, we're super enthusiastic, because that's what you do when you're a sex worker going on a date. No, 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 no. They also, like, so Daphne's upset because she because she had the night off, essentially. Mm-hmm. She was staying home, and then her friend Skippy dragged her out. Uh, her friend Skippy dragged her out and made it sound like it was going to be worth her while. She complains about them not being big spenders. She says, are these guys ringers? These guys are lame. Like, she thinks that she's going to get something out of it whether it's a date whether it's a quote-unquote date she thinks that this is a a thing should also point out should also point out mm. that skippy's like i'm sorry that daphne's uh whole bit is that she's got a very deep raspy voice yeah like a froggy voice i'm also gonna bring something else to your attention dan Mm -hmm. okay we don't talk about the Andy Griffith fandom too much. Yeah. We don't, because I don't want to make fun of people. Marty, that... was the PowerPoint presentation you're doing during this necessary? I feel like you're making your argument, but the bulleted list behind you seems a little excessive. <laughs> this is this is an aside. I understand now why you're wearing a suit for this episode. 
Oh, I don't talk, we don't talk a lot about the Mayberry fandom on this. Yeah. Because we make fun of the Wikipedia, and that's about it. Because yeah. I don't want to get into people for liking something, you know, too much. But, so, the Mayberry fandom has, like, what they call tribute artists. They're, they're fucking cosplayers. Yeah. They're people who are known for cosplaying a certain Andy Griffith character. One of whom is Andy Griffith's actual daughter. And I learned this. I learned this. <laughs> Because of a Kickstarter that we'll definitely talk about at some point. Oh, time yeah, that's a this. bonus app. Um, but one of these is Andy Griffith's actual daughter. And the character that she plays is one of the fun girls, Daphne. Now, I can understand wanting to play Daphne because you get to do this voice and you gotta be, you gotta have fun with it. But it means that she plays a character whose distinctive, like, characteristic is, is trying to fuck her father. Hell yes. I mean, we can all agree that that is a distinctly weird thing to do, right? I mean, but is there anything more Andy Griffith show than accidental incest roleplay? I think that's the most Andy Griffith show thing. (laughs) It's fair. Fair. It's a very weird fucking thing, though. Like, it's extremely weird. Uh, But I did think about this, and it's just like, okay, so given how women characters are in this show if you're gonna play a character from your dad's show you have the choice of women who actually fucked my dad on the show and women who tried to fuck my dad on the show yeah so i guess i'm gonna go with the latter yeah the other option is be thelma lou which is just the woman who who fucked my godfather essentially my uncle by the way dan have you ever seen the movie the the judge with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I've heard multiple podcasts yell about the judge. <laughs> just real quick point. I wanted to say, I don't think we ever addressed it. Like, it's just kind of a blip that happened in 2014. There is a plot point in the judge where Robert Downey Jr. thinks that he made out with his own daughter and hooked up with his own daughter in a bar. And he spends half the movie being like, did I hook up with my own daughter in a bar? And at the end of the movie, he's told, don't worry, it wasn't your daughter. It was your niece. Yeah. No. I just, I've been thinking about that. We didn't talk about it. It's so fucking weird. I just wanted to get it's it out there. It's an insane... I haven't seen it, but I have had it described to me by like seven different podcasts. The best one being Blank Check. Just want to point out, that's not what the movie's about. No. That's that's an aside. That's a C-plot for the movie. Not at all what the movie's about. Just something else they threw in there. This weird casual incest. One, one of the best things is I used to listen to Harmontown a lot, and they had a thing when it came out of Dan Harmon uh, talking at length. He was like, Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall, and they're a lawyer and du- a judge, father and son. It's gonna be great. How could that not be great? It's Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. And boy, was he wrong. It's so bad. Yeah. It's such a bad movie. All right, so back to Mayberry, right? Um. Okay, so the plans that the two, uh, that Daphne and Skippy have, where they suggest, so they could go out dancing. They could go uh, across the county line to drink, or they could go to a gigolo club. The gigolo club. The gigolo club. What the fuck is a gigolo? Is it like a male strip club? Do they have male strip clubs in, uh, in rural North Carolina? In rural North Carolina. It says that they've got a floor show at the gigolo club. Um, to me, like the gigolo club sounds like probably a burlesque bar, kind of like a, a, a nudie bar, a place that maybe you would frequent if you were a sex worker. Um uh, okay, so a brief uh, Googling of Gigolo Club. Uh, gigolo Clubs in India. Male escort agency in India. Uh, Probably not that. A Gigolo Club in Mumbai. Also an escort agency. 
Um, Probably not that. Man, my Google search history is so fucked from this. Uh, uh, an Indian Chippendales. It's all India. Um, I, an Indian sex scene with a male prostitute. Uh, another place where you can get a male prostitute in Mumbai. Why am I still scrolling down? Oh, the Gigolo Club board game. The Gigolo Club is a frivolous card game where you have to find out uh, who <laughs> you have to find who how, is an Indian male prostitute. Who is an Indian? You have to seduce someone. You have to seduce an Indian male prostitute. God damn it! <laughs> so I hope that's cleared things up. <laughs> so I think. What they're proposing is going to find an an, uh, an Indian prostitute. What the fuck is a gigolo club? I understand it less. I just assumed it was a strip club. It, that's probably what it is. It's probably a, a strip club, like t- like nudie and tassels. It's why didn't that come up then? I don't. It's it's just it's just a like because remember these are the bad girls, yeah. right? No, whether they're actual prostitutes or not, they're definitely the bad girls, or as they're referred to colloquially on the show, the fun girls. You know yeah. what I'm? You know what I'm gonna call what it is? Is the writer of this is such a fucking nerd that he was like, "What's a seedy place? A um, a gigolo club? That definitely sounds like a thing bad people go to." Or it was just such a like unused word that that was the one thing they could get through the censors. Oh yeah, yeah. Eventually, Daphne's like, what the fuck am I doing here? You drag me out. I could be watching a movie on TV at home. Again, she had the night off. uh, And Barney's like, why don't we all go over to Daphne's and watch that movie? Like, Yeah, which is definitely a signal of like, hey, let's just go straight to the fucking. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm going to call not sex workers, man. Um, I think they were just kind of basically like bored. And they went out on the basis of like, hey, these two dudes are going to like pay for our drinks for a night. Maybe. I think Maybe. that's that's just like a thing of like, ah, it's better than staying in. We'll go out. We'll get a meal on these two schmucks. So anyway, a big dude rolls in uh, and starts yelling at Daphne. Yeah. He's like, hey, I thought you and I were going on a date tonight. Yeah. And Daphne was like, well, I changed my mind. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The big guy's like, I thought you were staying in tonight. Yeah. Why aren't you on a date with me? Yeah. Right? Uh, probably one of her regulars. I'm still sticking with this. I don't, I'm sorry, I can't follow you into this man. Okay, and so they have a, they have an argument, uh, with this John, uh, and they start yelling, and Andy's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't yell at this woman, also don't, don't yell at us, don't call us squirts, uh, and... He only intervenes when the guy starts to beat the crap out of Barney. Yeah, the guy is, like, assaulting Barney, and Andy intervenes, and he gets punched in the face. Uh, I think it's more than punch in the face. There's, like, multiple blows where Barney's like, oh, ah, ooh, Yeah, ah. To, to be clear, we don't actually see what happens. We see Barney respond to what is happening. Yeah, and he's not just like, oh, no. He's like, oh, my God, I am seeing a guy get savaged. So, do you want to fast, do you want to go to the, uh... Yeah. You, so, in, in the How I Met Your Mother episode... Yeah. There are also a pair of fun girls. Uh, yeah. One of whom is played by Mandy Moore. Yeah. So. In a, an extreme, like, really dating that episode. Yeah, yeah. Before we as a culture got tired of Mandy Moore and what tossed you, her into the trash. What are you talking about? Are you talking about, you're talking about fucking Emmy-nominated This Is Us actress Mandy Moore? Oh, she's on This Is Us? She's, yeah, she's the heart and soul of that show. How dare you? I didn't know about it. I just thought that we we kind of went through her like we went through so many actresses. Nope. Well, now I'm filled with shame. Mandy Moore's still doing stuff. Um, I guess this is how people find out I'm not watching This Is Us. uh, It's fine. Yeah. So, 
let's compare that to a similar moment in uh, the How I Met Your Mother episode. So mm-hmm. this this episode would have aired 2007. So this yeah. airs about a uh, little bit over 10 years ago. Barney Stinson is taking Ted out. He's very excited that he gets to Wingman. Kind of getting the whole, if we're going to compare Barney's, Barney's doing his like, I get to be here too. I'm yeah. important and contributing to this. He takes Ted out to the bar. He's got a whole plan laid out for how they're going to be, you know, like really wingmanning together. And that's disrupted when Ted immediately starts making out with a girl. Yeah. You know, at the bar that they always go to, you know how you always go to the exact same bar and for some reason that exact same bar always has different hot girls that you can just think. You you know that bar where you go to that's like super... Like, everyone's super horny at, but it's not, like, a horny bar. It's just, like, an Irish pub. You know those Irish pubs you go to where everyone's down to fuck and constantly cruising? Also, you happen to live above the yeah. bar. You know, yeah. so this is the Tip Top Cafe, apparently. I love uh, I love the idea of just being like, man, I am trying to get laid tonight. Let's go to McGillan's. Yeah, let's, let's just... Let's go to an Irish pub. I mean, I have gotten laid at Irish pubs, but, like... It's not, like, the hit ratio on, like, talking to people at an Irish pub is way low. Unless it's, like, one of those rowdy-ass Irish pubs, which so, this is not. So, so anyway, we, yeah, we, we don't talk enough shit on How I Met Your Mother, because it's, like, it's, we watched this episode, and we were, like, having difficulty, like, this is actually a good show, it's kind of clever, it's just that the main character is horribly unlikable, yeah. and also... One of the supporting cast is a fucking rapist. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a crazy show in that everyone fucking watched it for nine years, and the second it was over, we were all like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, we threw it into the trash. We were like, I followed that beat by beat, minute by minute. I had fan theories on who the mother was going to turn out to be, and it's over, and now I hope it goes to hell. So, Ted makes out with this girl, Amy, played yeah. by Mandy Moore, uh, who is... Kind of a bad girl. She's yeah. got tattoos. She's got yeah. dyed hair. She steals a bottle of liquor yeah. from the uh, from the bar, and they walk away. The bar where, like, Barney points out, they know us here. Yeah. Like, we're regulars here. Come on. She takes them back to her place, which has a hot tub, but it's not her place at all. It's a place that she used to babysit for. The, the trope that the Andy Griffith show kind of created is the breakup odyssey. Sure. Where you, ha- you don't, you, it doesn't necessarily have to be a breakup, but it is like you have a romantic thing that wounds your pride. Uh, in this case, I think in both cases, it's emasculation. But it, there's episodes with it where it happens to women too. But basically, romantic pride is wounded. And you go through like a an eyes wide shut style. Yeah, uh, yeah. You have, you like, have to have a realization that like things are different and you can't just force yourself to get over it. Yeah. So like in, in, the, in, in this case... Uh, like, Andy Griffith, he has one woman who who is uh, bad for him, and then he has another uh, two women that are bad for him, and then it comes to a head with, like, the confrontation. Um, but the bad women in the uh, in the Tip Top Club are sort of, like, they are the the final monster. They are, like, they're the, they're the, the I don't know, what's, like, in the Odyssey, like, the, the big, like... The, the Cyclops? The Cyclops. Like, they're, in the Breakup Odyssey, the bad girls are, like... The big one, like the big climax, and it it kind of carries over for how I met your mother, where there is the bad girl. Like you get to the end of the breakup odyssey, and there is, and and there has to be like some permanent lasting damage to tell you that that was a bad idea. In I... in the Andy Griffith show, he has two black eyes. He gets the shit kicked out of him. In the How I Met Your Mother episode, Ted drunkenly gets 
a butterfly tramp stamp. So, okay, the big thing with both of these characters is that they, they're promiscuous, but at what cost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll put out, but, but there are consequences for that. Yeah. And you don't actually get laid. A little bit of slut shaming. More than a little bit of slut shaming in both of these. Oh, yeah. Uh, Except the slut shaming doesn't happen to, of course, Barney, who is free to go have sex with Amy's friend. Yeah. With no consequence or anything happened. Whatsoever. So Never mentioned again. We we should, like, I think we should do a brief comparison. Uh, How I Met Your Mother is morally and, like, comedically way better. Great show. Very fun. No, very funny show. Yeah. Morally, horrible, like, way worse than, uh, than Andy Griffith's show. Wait, like if we were if we were a How I Met Your Mother podcast, would we do like a Marshall meter and still a Barney meter? Yeah, yeah. basically, because Barney is like like Bar- Barney Fife is sort of the root of all media evil. Barney Fife is the worst character ever put to the fucking screen. I'm sorry, Barney Stinson. Barney Stinson is the worst character that's ever been put to the fucking screen. He makes Quagmire look like a fucking muppet. Yeah, yeah. Like he is a rapist. Not just, like, a, a rapist, a serial prolific rapist. Yeah. Who all of his friends are like, ha, what you're doing is wrong, but also... Charming. You're played by Neil Patrick Harris. That makes it okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the lasting damage that happens to Ted. Ted yeah. gets a butterfly tramp stamp. Yeah. Uh, I, I always like to compare kind of, like, how storytelling evolved in this. As I've pointed out, the Andy Griffith Show brings up these plots that get adapted and changed over time. But they go so far to go so little. Um, in the Andy Griffith, we get two dates. Yeah. Right? Two dates that go wrong. Two superfluous characters. Um, the bar, the How I Met Your Mother focuses, takes one of them, in this case the phone girls, and dedicates half the episode to that. I, so, I mean, we, we should talk about... This Andy Griffith Show episode has kind of a similarity to Eyes Wide Shut. How so? Uh, it starts with uh, a similar, like, uh, emasculation. Uh, Tom Cruise finding out about his wife's sexual history. Uh, Andy Griffith being confronted by Sandwich Don. Uh, which also we didn't mention. He's especially mad that the guy's name is Don. He says, of course he's fucking named Don. Yeah. Um. Thought that was weird. Yeah. Uh, but there's that, the, the catalyst emasculation. And then both characters kind of go through these weird sexual vignettes yeah uh where they're they're like confronted with these weird situations where maybe they're going to get laid but it never quite happens and they're put through all these like emotional and sometimes physical trials as a result there's no orgy but i feel like other than that there is an orgy there is an orgy in the how i met your mother episode oh in the how i met your mother episode there's totally an orgy okay yeah (laughs) Uh, to, uh, oh, Rick I'm and, sorry. We're talking about the Andy Griffith episode. In the Andy Griffith show episode. All right, it does, between the two of them, boom, you got yourself an eyes wide shut, baby. You sure, put sure, those, sure. Two, both those episodes together, you got like three sexual encounters and an orgy. Because Enrique Iglesias fucks half the cast of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> in fact, like, I feel like both of those episodes, both the Andy Griffith episode and the, and the How I Met Your Mother episode, feature like inadvertent, real weird foursome energy. Yeah. Like, Barney's like, hey, let's take these girls back to your place and watch that movie. And in the Andy Griffith, or I'm sorry, in the How I Met Your Mother episode, Enrique Iglesias comes over to hang out with Marshall and Lily, who are like, we can't, we can't hang with you. You're, you're the enemy. Cause, whatever. And everything gets real weird and sexual. And then Enrique Iglesias rails them. But yeah, no, so 
after like Barney was uh was like to Thelma Lou, like, don't worry about Lydia not working out. I've got a plan B. Thelma Lou's like, what is it? And he's like, Don't worry, don't worry about plan don't B. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about what plan B is. It definitely doesn't involve me fucking another woman next to my friend who's fucking a woman. Yeah, who may or may not be a sex worker. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I can't follow you. I think I don't think she's a sex worker. I think she's just a. I think she's just a woman that was deeply disinterested in in hanging out. And just wanted to get a free meal because she is like towards the end. She's like, okay, he has no money whatsoever, but he's a nice guy. I like him. I'm going to cuddle his arm. Uh, I do like the line she has of like, "Wow, you really took us out with the last of the big spenders." Okay, that might be a point for prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so jail the next day. Barney rolls in and apologizes to the back of Andy's head where he's just like, hey, I'm really okay. The The nature of this apology is very important because he says like, hey, th- things went bad and I'm sorry, but I didn't think they would go bad and I had very good intentions and I only wanted good things to happen to you. And I'm sorry that bad things happened to you. And Andy turns around with a giant black eye and says, I didn't feel like talking then, but I sure do feel like talking now. Um, and honestly, I feel like it's the most honest Andy's ever been with Barney because he says, don't try to help me solve my problems. Uh, you get everything all messed up. You beat everything. Do you know that? Yeah. Which is just him basically saying like, you fuck everything up in my life yeah he's getting this is some real like andy griffith acting right Mm -hmm. andy the man andy the actor is pulling some shit out Uh, yeah he's bringing in that good old lonesome road stuff it's a good scene from him um and barney's like i had good intentions here was my plan my plan and andy's just like okay fine that was what you intended but that's not what happened and i feel like in this moment barney is Right on the cusp of owning up, of just like, I overstepped, I didn't think, uh, I got so into my own thing that I didn't really consider what you needed and wanted, uh, and he's like, just right there. And then Peggy comes in and is like, Peggy! Yeah, hello, I'm here to save anyone from character growth. Yeah, (laughs) which, I know it's a fucking sitcom and they're not gonna have character growth, but like, fuck, this dynamic is annoying. Yeah, so Peggy comes in and she's like, hey, so I'm supposed to drop off these vaccination records for some reason yeah uh can you make sure the sheriff gets them and reminder that the sheriff is so sitting passive, right there aggressive fucking high school is shit yeah so barney takes it and then andy turns around peggy sees the bruise like the black eyes and then she's just like what oh, happened yeah. yeah she's just like i'm sorry about last night uh what did you expect me to do? And, and he's like, yeah, I guess I overreacted. Yeah. Like, she offers a very non-apology. She's like, I'm sorry that that happened. I shouldn't have let that happen. But, you know, what do you do when someone just drops by? And Andy's like, there's nothing you could have done. So, basically, she's like, I'm sorry, and now it's your time turn to do the real apology. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, and, and then... Like, Barney inserts himself, and it's just like, ha-ha, my plan worked out! And they reconcile, and they hug. And, and then, then and then everybody laughs, including Peggy, which makes me, why is Peggy laughing? <laughs> she wasn't there. She doesn't know what happened. She and does if, not give a shit. And if somebody tells Peggy what happened, her response should be like, wait. Yeah. So I was unavailable for one night, 
and you went on not one but two fucking dates. One of them with a woman that Marty is pretty sure is a sex worker. You're right, like, but no. Instead, she's just like, "Ha ha, everything's fine. I'm going to giggle now because I'm in on this." Yeah, she's the worst fucking character. It's the worst. She's the worst. Um, like at no point does Andy get an apology from either of them. He got he got stood up, beaten up, and just generally treated uh, like shit by everyone in his life. And they're all like, "I'm sorry that you got hurt." Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, by comparison, the How I Met Your Mother episode ends with Ted directly fucking talking about his feelings to the woman that hurt him. Yeah. Like, it, he straight up goes, he ignores the tramp stamp that he has, the butterfly tattoo, his lasting damage. Yeah. And he goes to his ex-girlfriend's house, his apartment, and is just like, hey, I don't want to get back together, but this sucks. I have some weird feelings about it, and I'm going to let my feelings go right now. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, do you need to let that... And they kind of, like, talk it out. And then he gets his manhood quite literally reaffirmed. By finding out that his dick is bigger than Enrique Iglesias. Yes. Horrible. It's so horrible. (laughs) Uh, But the show at least has the good sense to address it, because in voiceover, he's like... I don't remember what made me get over it. I'm sure that it was very profound and not at all macho and stupid. Yeah. Like, but, uh, yeah, so but he... Gaslighting it doesn't make it any less no. fucking stupid. No, it's it's very, very stupid. But, like, like that's, okay. that's, that's the key difference here is that, like, at least in the How I Met Your Mother episode, it's not a great conversation, but there is a conversation with a woman. All right. Like, if you were talking to an ex about the guy the next guy that she's dating and talk about like or if you were in this situation and you were like i'm upset about the new guy you got and she would just said like well your cock is bigger would that that would make me feel at all better uh, yeah no i'd be like cool i don't yeah I, that doesn't benefit me that in doesn't any help way what's at all like, yeah who would actually be like oh this i'm bigger then this guy whose cock I'll never see, as opinionated by this woman, I'll never fuck again. Like, how does that help literally anything? Because because his whole thing, Ted's whole thing was like, who was winning the breakup? Yeah. Like, who, which is a weird way to think about it. Ted's whole thing was just like, which one of us is doing better than the other? And somehow the fact that this guy that she's sleeping with has a smaller dick means that he's winning because it's literally like he finds that out and then hard cut to i'm winning yeah and apparently that like yeah i don't see how that would make me feel better at all but again it's just like it's it's an emasculation thing i i feel like uh the late 2010s really just kind of saw a drop off in cock size plots (laughs) like it came it used to just be like you could you could just kind of end a plot with being like and then his dick was bigger. <laughs> like, like, oh, this bad guy sure seemed to have everything going for him. But don't worry, the towel got pulled down and he has a little cock. But to, to How I Met Your Mother's credit, like, it's not just about the bigger dick. It's that, like, Ted says very specifically, we had a very clean breakup. I didn't get to yell irrationally. I didn't get to, like, let all my emotions out. And so I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. And then Robin's like, okay, if that's what you feel, you got to do. And then he does it. And then they just like wind up. It's a very funny scene where he just winds up yelling about random stuff. Yeah. Just like yelling about the beard that he grew up. He grew and and shaved off. And then he learns that. It sucks that uh, How I Met Your Mother is 
in many ways politically, culturally, and hor- morally reprehensible because it was fucking funny. It's, it's a very funny show that does not age well. No. At all. Almost, again, al- the fact that it was on for nine years means that almost the second it ended, it was outdated. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that episode of How I Met Your Mother and also uh, that episode of The Andrew Griffith Show. We fucking did it. We interwove them seamlessly. Seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, crushed it. Good job all around, everybody. All right, so, yeah, so that's it for those two episodes. Uh, Dan, do we want to do a ratings for this? Let's do those ratings. I like that you always ask as, as if it's optional. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, um, honestly, Andy Meter? Fuck good. It's a good episode. Like, the performances are solid all around. I, I, I think it's padded a lot. Like, the script is very padded. You could... But the padding is great, because the padding is Lydia. The padding is Lydia. The padding is also three different people asking if Andy got stood up. Yeah. Like... But again, all of the, It's Opie being like, hey, old man, I'm coming... Like, Opie's, like, general tenor of it is like... Oh, are you showing weakness, Andy Griffith? I'm coming for you. I'm going to take your role as the man of the house. No one stands up, Opie. I have girlfriends. There's a very Oedipal thing going on there. Oh, there's... And I mean, like, Aunt B is also like, Hey, old man, you showing weakness? I'm going to take the role as the man of the house. No (laughs) one stands up, Aunt B! So they are, like, all Andy getting his ass kicked. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, this episode... And, and you do... The fun girls are, in fact, fun. Oh, they're like, great. They are good. Uh, eight? Nine. Okay. I'm yeah. not, not going to go higher than an eight on yeah. this. Um, so, and then Barney Meter. This is a weird one to me. Um, like, ignoring the whole, like, Barney... Like, let's just go ahead and, and give Barney the benefit of the doubt for no fucking reason. Um... That his intentions were good, uh, and that all he was trying to do was, like, hook his friend up. There's nothing really that gross about this other than Barney overstepping, which, if he didn't do that, there would be no plot and we would have no episode. So, let's break this down. Okay. Okay. So, Barney advocating for emotional openness and even, like, therapeutic practices. Great. Plus three? Yeah, sure. Uh... Uh, Barney going too far and invading his friend's privacy. That's not even a problem for me. That's just the plot of an episode. So, yeah. Like, to me, there's nothing from this that you could take away that would be super negative. Other than maybe, like, don't talk to your girlfriend about the shit you're feeling. Watch out for promiscuous women. A little bit of slut shaming, I guess. A little bit of slut shaming. That's like negative one. I'm, so I'm, I mean, I can't, I'm gonna make this like a two, a two on the FIFA meter. Uh, do, do, do. is there any, is there any other bad shit? Peggy is shit. Peggy sucks as a character, but that's not, that's, that's not, not, that's yeah. nothing. Um, okay, yeah, no, there's, there's not really much. Yeah, there's a little bit of slut shaming, but it, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so I'm two, two on the Barney meter. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's Wait, would this turn out to be a great episode? It I feel like we, be... it actually turned out to be an awesome episode of the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, it turned out to be a very good episode of the Andy Griffith Show that was directly influential to other modern day shows. Which were terrible. Like, that episode. No, absolutely. That, that How You Met Your Mother episode. Uh, the Barney meter is so high on that. So high. Uh, like. There uh, is a portrayal of women in the, uh, in the How You Met Your Mother episode that is disgusting. Where there's just a woman being like, I want you to rail me in this hot tub, Neil Patrick Harris. And he's like, shut up, blonde idiot. And she's like, I'm fine with this. As he shoves her head into the hot tub. Yeah, and there's like... Still horny as you treat me like garbage. Uh, 
a woman like seduces a man into getting an embarrassing tattoo as part of like a weird sexual game with her ex-boyfriend something like that. something weird that ex-boyfriend the tattoo artist does something incredibly illegal yeah um and... uh yeah no there's like uh like the andy griffith show is kind of like stay away from those uh from those fun time gals you know you'll get more than you bargain for and a bad boyfriend will give you a beat down and the and uh the how like, i met your mother one is, is just... like watch out for sluts <laughs> <laughs> like you know what you gotta watch out for sluts you let your guard down uh, a floozy's gonna come up and ruin your damn life like, and, and watch yeah. out 2010 new yorker <laughs> and also yeah like uh ted's damage is much more per- like a black eyes will heal a tattoo is permanent yeah um yeah so like you should have just lied to women with your good friend barney ted so, <laughs> you should have just can uh, like you should have just committed low-level date rape ted let's just go ahead and and, and say that for every how i met your mother episode by the very nature of barney stinson's existence like they can't get a barney meter lower than eight has anyone like talked to neil patrick harris about it because he's like i'm like i'm a fun guy and i'm on regis and kathy is everybody like you were on a show where you were a serial rapist like can can you explain that neil patrick harris He's like, hey, remember Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? And everyone's like, what about the rape you did? I I think it was, like, I think his cover for it was always just like, I play a serial womanizer, but I'm actually gay. Yeah. You know? That was, if, yeah, if, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's fucking crazy that he got away with that. It's fucking crazy that anyone got away with that. Um, okay, so, closing out, should we, like... So, so, so that's, that's it for us. Uh, as always, if you want to get at us on the internet, uh, we are at break Mayberry on Twitter, facebook.com slash breaking Mayberry, uh, Instagram, whenever we use it is breaking Mayberry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if you want to support us with your dollars, patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry. And later on this week, we're going to actually release a, uh, previously locked Patreon episode, yeah. a bonus episode so that you can get kind of a feel for what we do on these bonus episodes it's just a, uh, an episode that we had a lot of fun doing and we want to drop into the main feed um you know little little sample of what we do uh we'll probably be dropping some others down the line yeah um but you get a bunch of good shit we're about to do a watch of japanese uh of japanese wrestling specifically japanese kaiju wrestling uh, and we're also watching a TV show about a, uh, a um, Canadian crime-fighting dog. A magic dog that travels from town to town? That yeah. has what actor in it? Uh, Mike Myers. That has Mike Myers in it. Uh, yeah, basically, subscribe to the Patreon and you can make us watch fucking whatever you want. Watch, read, play, whatever. Yeah. We've, they've, we've, we, people have just given us stuff that is nothing. Yeah. And we'll watch it. Uh, so if you, so that's a way you can support us, uh, but the other way you can support us is by giving us ratings and reviews on the podcatcher of your choice. That's gonna push us up in algorithms and help us get into other people's earbuds. It's a big way you can help us for free, uh, and just give us a rating, a review, just let people know how much you like us. Yeah. Be cool, guys. Review us. Just be chill. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, on the internet, I am Schneider Marks. That's S-C-H-N-E-I-D Remarks. My untapped account is at Ludsuds. <laughs> nice. And that's it for uh, this Breaking Mayberry. 
thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you all in a little bit, and we will see you all down at the fishing hole. Damn right you will. Boom, <laughs> boom,